0: Amen. Amen. Yeah. Just uh we did this in the first service, and I think it's just appropriate here as well. Um, just to, by way of awkward Christian exercise um this morning, why don't we just close your eyes where you are? Don't worry that nothing's gonna happen to you. Um just close your eyes where you are and um just concentrate on your breathing. Your you know, inhale, exhale. We just sang the song that your breath in our lungs. Um And and what that means, I think it's just important for us to sometimes just pause a little bit and just listen. And I think I believe that God will speak. So let's just pause, listen to our breath. God, we admit that life is too frantic right now. I know I do. I thank you for those words, that truth that you, your breath is in our lungs. Father, I pray that those words would be an inspiration to us, not only to do things that are good, that are good for you, but also to just pause as well, to feel you at work in our life, to feel you at work in our family, to feel you at work amidst the busyness and the frantic world that we live in right now that is pulling us in a lot of different directions. But God, let us just be reminded that your breath is in our lungs, and that you go with us, that you go before us, that you are for us, that you move in our lives, and that God, because of you, we can do amazing things exceedingly more than we could ask or think. God, you are good. and We submit to you. We, we, we just turn our hearts and our lives, just refocus them to you. Doesn't matter what stage of the journey we're on right now, God, we want to refocus ourselves to you. Acknowledge your presence. Acknowledge that you are moving and working in our lives. And God, as we look into your word today, Father, I just pray that we would just begin to look at that relationship that we have with each other, the the relationship we have with our world um, through your eyes, that, that, that we would see that you move and work in people. And that's a good thing. It's how we operate as a church. God, you move and you work in us. So God, just all glory goes to you and thank you for everything that you've been doing in your great name. Amen and amen. Yeah, always good to recognize that. I mean, even to just beyond this, after this service, to just kind of pause in your routine through the week. You know that the world right now is kind of like, I mean, well, you know what it is. I don't need to tell you really what's going on in the world or we don't even need to point it out to know that there's a lot of brokenness in our world. There's a lot of stuff that's up front in our face. That's coming at us from all directions. And I just think it's good for us to be reminded as the people of God. That we just need to pause and remember that God is in working in us. He's working through us. And that the patterns of this world are not our patterns. <laughs> They're not the, the rhythm that we go by. Uh, we go by the rhythm of the Holy Spirit and what he's doing and what he's moving and speaking in us is the prim- primary focus of of who we are. We listen, we stop, we pause, we, we navigate those things and we celebrate that. And, and I'm just so, uh, so looking forward to next week actually. Raja is coming back. He's going to be speaking on mission for the next two weeks. Um, You're not going to want to miss that series for two weeks. Uh, Just really, he's been sharing a little bit about it to me and to the the leaders, uh, the volunteer circle this morning. And I just think it's so perfectly timed. Um, and, and, you know, not only of what God is doing and what he's moving, both in downtown community church and uptown community church, but it's perfectly timed in our world. And so, um, yeah, just make sure that you can be there. And if you can't be there for the next couple of weeks, um, you can look online and you'll find the messages there at uccwaterloo.ca. Um, and I would encourage you to take a moment to, to just kind of take that in take the like it's food for your soul, like food for your life. Um, that God is teaching us and, and framing something really exciting. Now, I just want to talk just very briefly about last week. Um, last week, if you were here, Thanksgiving Sunday, I talked about thankiness and compared it to thankfulness. And thankiness, um, the markers of thankiness, are, I said, were a couple things, a few things. I said, first off, it's this overcomplication of simplicity that has kind of Uh, emerged within our society that we just like our stuff and we like to be thankful for our stuff. Um, The second thing is this, that we have this redefinition of contentment and what contentment looks like. Um, We've actually determined within ourselves, within our society, in many different ways, that affluence is a form of contentment, which is not true. And the third thing is that we have then twisted our emotions... Um, to help us feel as though because we have stuff, we have lots of reasons to be thankful. If you do not have stuff, then you need to learn to be content. So the guilt is carried by the people who don't have stuff. The joy is carried by the people who do. And how that is a twisted way of looking at the world. That is not the thankfulness that Jesus taught. In fact, um, we looked at the passage just in the Last Supper when Jesus was giving thanks for... The opportunity, this is my body that is broken for you. This is the blood of the covenant that is going to be poured out for you. And you you read that in that passage. But the the point that I wanted to bring out was that in the thankfulness, in that word thankfulness is the word that you see at the, the bottom here. That's eucharistio. Which is the word that he used. That thankfulness precedes and is 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 looking at sacrifice. I'm thankful for the opportunity to sacrifice myself for you. And how that changes our understanding of what it means to be thankful. And I would hope that through this week, I know that I have that just been kind of wrestling with this idea of, God, we, you know, we, we gorge ourselves in Turkey. We gorge ourselves on the, the fact that we're thankful for all of our stuff. But thankfulness precedes sacrifice. Now, where are we going to give? What are we going to give of ourselves? And this week we're going to shift gears. Kind of in in part, we're still looking at thankfulness. We're going to start looking at communitas. And what it means to be living and moving within community. But first let me define a couple terms. Just so that you understand um, what that actually is. So community, as you know. Here's the definition. Very simply. A community is defined by a group of people who have something that they share. Or something that we have in common. So most of the time, we assume or use the term community when we're talking about norms that we share. We share the norms. We share the values. We share identities. We share maybe a geographic region. So Uptown Waterloo, Downtown Kitchener is a community because it is a shared environment, a space where we live. Um, and, and community is definitely important. We, I mean, Downtown Community Church and Uptown Community Church are important because they basically are showing to the world that we are the same in our uh, the point that we believe that Jesus Christ is moving and working in our world, that we have the sameness, we have this shared identity, this shared piece of, of understanding what our values are, and this is what we're trying to do. So, so community is important. It definitely is important because we do need that sameness. We do need that sense of unity in everything that we're doing. But communitas, it's something slightly different. And and as I was kind of looking at this term, and it kind of jumped out at me at first, that the thing that really struck me was the work of Victor um, Turner. And and he is a cultural anthropologist who spent some of his life observing the Ndembu tribe in Zambia. And one of the things that he noticed and that he wrote about was just how valuable that this tribe felt that um, rites of passage were. They were celebrating rites of passage. They, they absolutely loved, and that everybody within the community, within the tribe, felt like that they were a part of something that was significant. And it didn't matter where they were. It didn't matter what stage they were on. And this is the thing that, three things actually, just jumped out at me within his research and his study. And I've listed them here at the bottom. They are liminality, marginality, and inferiority. And one of the things that struck Victor was how important and celebrated these things were within our society, within their society. In our society, as you know, um, marginality, inferiority, especially inferiority, or this act of learning and growing, like being beneath something you have to decide, or, or what is God's will for my life, I need to know. We are so patterned to want to rush To the end of the process. To be the united front of community. We want to be under the banner. And tick that box. But we have abandoned the celebration. Of liminality. What does it mean to be in between? What does it mean to be on the margins? To be on the edge? And what does it mean to be inferior. To one another? And what does it mean to celebrate. Those things as a community. Um. I don't know about you, but for the longest time, I you know, and still I have issues. I don't like theme parks. Who doesn't like theme park? Anybody here? So few people don't like theme parks. Bless your hearts. You're my community. Some um, people love theme parks. Canada's Wonderland, is just absolutely good. Good. God bless you. We're different. Okay, I'm just going to put that out there. We're different. Um, but you know what? Going to theme parks is a part of the you know the life of having a family and. and Going to events and enjoying youth group events and all that. So I've ended up at theme parks even though my preference was not to be at them. Um, and so the last time that I remember going to a theme park, um, there's this ride there. Um, I think it used to be called Top Gun. Now it's called Flight Deck. They change the names all the time. Um, and, and I remember being in line to this ride and I remember my palms being sweaty. I remember hating the entire two-hour process of waiting for this opportunity to go on this ride. I'm like, as I was sitting there, I'm thinking, why on earth would anybody want to strap themselves into this thing, scream their faces off, and go around this, this journey that they're going to be on, only to come out and then be, try to be sold a picture of themselves looking like they're freaked out. Because that's basically what it is. And so I was just like, this is... Like insane, but I was also very scared of the ride. I was also very honestly, I like, I'm not, I don't like the idea of this. I like, I feel like I'm out of control, like something could happen, and I don't know, I don't like it. And so, I just, the, the entire two hours that I'm standing in line, you know, as you know, you get closer and you get closer and closer, and you're building yourself up, you're psyching yourself out, you know, just trying to think, okay, why are all these people so relaxed and calm? We're about to be thrown through the air. Um, like, but everybody else is fine, and I mean, I've, I admire that uh, in my kids too. Like, just just how sometimes they approach these things that they just look. Like, I'm calm. This is like, this is gonna be fun. It's gonna be great. And I'm like, ah, it's not gonna be great. I'm panicking. I can't take it. And so I get on the flight deck and I do the right. You know, you're ascending up, and you're even more nervous because there's nowhere for you to go at this point, and you're just going through your head and like, what if we get stuck on the upside down on the you Just all the fear stuff comes out. And some of you are thinking, man, you've got issues, you need to go for counseling. That's what some of you are thinking right now, Norm is. And no, but this is common, but you're, you're going up this ride, and then you go down, and you descend, and you go through this process. And when I walked off that ride, I thought that was the best experience ever. That was amazing. Um, I know that if I did that again next year, it'd be like repeat, <laughs> process repeat, if I went on the same ride. But my view of that ride changed me. I was just like, wow, I didn't expect that to happen. And then compare that to going into the kids' park. I went into the kids' park, and they have these like teacups, the teacup ride. And um, you're in line with all these, you know, parents, kids, whomever, you know, adults, kids. And you're confident. You're like feeling this is going to be easy, this is going to be a breeze. You have a very different perspective going into it. And I get on this teacup, and the thing just starts spinning. And, of course, they designed the ride to have that circle in the middle that you spin it even faster and harder, and it's rotating and rotating. And I remember the going from this sense of confidence before to this sheer, like, I'm going to throw up. I took everything with me, in me to, like, I've got to keep this food down. That totally, I'm like, I'm done with rides. I don't want to do rides anymore at this park. And it's very interesting how you can be united in this stance of like, we love theme parks, the banner, the community, the unity of the sameness of this idea, but then when you get in there, you have a variety of different experiences that you can take out of it. And I think that's the difference between community and communitas. Community is the sense of unity, the sameness of how you're, you're, you're feeling of this. But the communitas is what happens on the inside. And celebrating the things, the parts, the pieces, and how they all play together. You imagine if a theme park started celebrating like little children. And, and, and they're like following these little children through their life. And, and you know the rides, right? Each ride has like a line that's like you have to be taller than this to get on the ride. And you imagine like a community of uh, of a theme park celebrating the threshold the 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 transition from hey now you before you weren't able to be on this ride but now you are we celebrate that together could you imagine like Canada's Wonderland pausing every time a, a child comes in like we remember 3 years ago you were not tall enough but now we celebrate that you're there we celebrate that you've made it to that point now go and scream your eyes out on this ride um but really that's kind of what we're thinking about And talking about here this morning Is the difference Not in terms of importance Because community is important But the, the elements of communitas And why it's important that we do not miss those um, In our pursuit of being a community together In the Bible it was the same Kind of a similar process um, In Acts 2 we read this. It says, and they devoted themselves. So this is the early church, the disciples, the leaders, the, 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 um, the gathering of people. After Jesus had died and, 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 and rose again and he ascended into heaven. And they're gathering. They are forming. They're growing. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship. And to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. There was a sense of commonality in this community. And you can see, I've just kind of, it's yellow, the text is yellow, where I've just kind of highlighted just some aspect of the commonality between them. That there was this commonality of their mission, this commonality of why they exist. They were devoted with one another. They, they, They held everything in common. But there was also this sense of communitas. They recognized that there were still people within our community who had needs. They still acknowledged the journey that they were on as a community. I mean, Acts 2, 42 to 47, in and of itself, in its entirety, is a marker of communitas. This is how we were living out our community together. And I I, I think... You know, it's, it's unfortunate, but we, we push the community, and that's good, but sometimes we forget to measure the, the, the benchmarks of communitas. And I think as a church community, we should be reveling in the transitions, in the places and the stages where we find ourselves, just like that song says, "May the breath, the breath, your breath is in our lungs," where we celebrate our journey of community which is the communitas. Jesus is also an example. In Philippians 2, we also find this like very amazing text that kind of like talks again about the, the importance of both. In the first two verses, it says this, So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind. Having the same love, being in full accord in one mind. Check, check, check. Yeah, absolutely. We as a community, a church community, we'd be like, yes. We want that. We want to be of the same mind, having the same love. We want to be in full accord. and, And we want to be doing things together in unity. All this is what shared community should be. As a banner. But what I'm going to talk about in a little bit is. Is it really? Is it really the end of the story? As far as what Jesus is calling us to be. When as a teen and then just just kind of got back into it recently, I've started playing the game again, Age of Empires. How many people remember that game? Microsoft's Age of Empires. we got a few people that recognize this game. So um, Age of Empires, um, just for those of you who are unfamiliar with video games in this world, it's just like a game where you choose a civilization and the whole purpose is for, for you to develop your civilization and go from age to age um, until eventually you are the dominant civilization of the game. And so at the beginning you choose this civilization and then you start collecting wood and food and, and um, stones and gold and you start amassing this, you start creating and building your space. I mean, there, there are games today that are very similar to that in terms of uh, like apps that look very similar to that in terms of its feel. Um, but in the end, the thing that you want to see at the end is that you are victorious, that and then if you are victorious at the end, that's the goal of the game. And so I love the game, but I have to be honest something. I love more than the game itself. I love the cheat codes of the game. And um, so every time I go to play Age of Empires, I start with this idea that this time is going to be different. This time I am not going to use a cheat code. And so I start, I pick my civilization and you have like your four little, uh, little people there, settlers, that are, that are building and gathering and you send them on their way. You're telling them what to do and what to start building. And then as always happens within like a few moments of the game is you're attacked by one of the other civilizations. And what happens to me anyway every single time is every single time I'm like, oh my goodness, this is just like I'm desperate to survive here. And so what I do is I'm like, okay, maybe just one cheat code. And so I start typing in pepperoni pizza and I start typing in coinage and I start typing in Woodstock and and all the cheat codes that give you unlimited resources so that you can build quicker and you don't actually have to deal with the, the, the game itself very much anymore. But then it goes on and on, and I feel like I'm, you know, I've, I've got good for a stage. I can go to the next stage, and then eventually they attack again, and I feel like I can't manage this. So I go to the cheat code and I type in Photon Man. At Photon Man, you know, this is like the Stone Age, okay? Photon Man is this like little astronaut with a laser gun that comes into the game and helps you defend your base. And So I've got like you know four or five Photon Men all around my civilization protecting me um, from anybody who's coming. And then, you know, as the game goes and I'm building him and I'm defending and all of this stuff and I'm just, I have this like a massive uh, civilization now that has everything because of these cheat codes. Then they attack again and at some point I just like, I get bored of the idea that I'm like, I can't win with the regular players in the game. So I type in yet another cheat code. And usually this is my last cheat code in the game, and it's Big Daddy. Big Daddy is when you get this like black car, it's like, it looks like Knight Rider, it comes in and it shoots out missiles out of the top of the car, and it destroys, Like it's pretty effective. Let me just tell you that. And if you have Big Daddy in the game, it's pretty much guaranteed that you're going to win moving forward. And so then eventually the game is over. Like I just, finally, I'm just like, I'm done building civilization. I don't care really much about my civilization now. All I'm concerned about is the cheats of getting what I want, which is the you are victorious. And so I send out my big daddies, and they go out, and they destroy all the other civilizations. And I get the ding, you are victorious, and I feel good about myself, that I've accomplished much. If we end here in terms of our thought processes, um, we we we're not really fully. We are victorious, and that's true. That is truth. We are victorious, and we're united on that. But if we if we absolutely ignore the communitas, and and even like maybe even decide for ourselves that we have some cheats, <laughs> like. I looked at those three things that that I talked about, right? We talked about about marginality. We talked about inferiority. We talked about about, um, liminality, inferiority, marginality. We talked about those things and how this tribe understood and celebrated those things. There's an element of our society and even sometimes within the North American church environment, where we have traded those for lifestyles of impatience and entitlement and authority, where we begin to look for the cheats in our life, the celebrities who are going to tell us exactly what we need to do, and as quick as possible, let's move on. Give me the cheats to get through life, without having to really play in the game and celebrate that. See, community minus communitas is detached from Christ. It's detachment from Jesus. When we are unwilling to go through the journey together with one another, but we just hold on to just the, the banner, but unwilling to walk together, celebrate together in the stage and the place that we are on We are ignoring the rest of Philippians 2, which goes on, starting in verse 5. Have this mind among yourselves. So yes, we're united on all of these fronts, but also have this mind among you, which is yours in Jesus Christ, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. But emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming even obedient to the point of death, and even death on the cross. We talk about those things, being in the in-between, the liminality, the marginality, the edge and inferiority, and the celebration that this tribe had for each of those stages. Let's think about this in those terms. That Jesus in the the beneath, being found in the human form, he humbled himself. That Jesus in the margins, that being obedient to the point of death. That he was obedient to the point, you can't get more marginal than death, (laughs) You can't get more marginal than that. And Jesus in the in-between submitting to death, even death on a cross, and we know why he died, to stand in between the punishment that we deserved and the joy of serving him, the freedom that we have in him. You know why he stood, why he stayed on that cross. So that we might have life and have it abundantly. To be the threshold in between. Too often we assume or we we, we kind of emote this church concept. Where Jesus is no more than a doormat at the edge of a house. Come on in, make sure you wipe your feet right here. And then come in. In everything that he did, in everything that we celebrate, in everything that we hold dear, we're celebrating what it means to be communitas. Yet when we live, do we focus more on the banner than we do on the life lived for him? Dietrich Bonhoeffer had this quote. And you know Dietrich Bonhoeffer would have understood just the challenges of what it meant. I mean, he's facing Nazi Germany and he's facing the trials and the struggles of this evil, evil, uh, uh, developing thing. And he says this, if we do not give thanks daily for the Christian fellowship in which we have been placed, even where there is no great experience even where there's no discoverable riches, but much weakness, small faith, and difficulty. If on the contrary, we only keep complaining to God that everything is so paltry and petty, so far from what we expected, then we hinder God from letting our fellowship grow according to the measure and riches which are there for us all in Jesus Christ. Do not trade... Weakness for success. But allow God to move in and through our weaknesses to make us strong. Allow God to work in and among the places where we are inferior that he says that the last will be first. Work among the places where we feel like we have no idea what the answer is, whether I'm here or whether I'm here. I'm undecided. And he will give you strength. Where he builds his community is in the communitas. And Bonhoeffer understood that. That if we decide rather to ignore all of that. Or to to claim that weakness is not something that we're striving for here. We're just striving for perfection. Or striving to build an empire. Or striving to build something where at the end we win or we are right. We miss the joy of the growth that God is doing within our hearts. And not only that. We, we miss the, the purpose. Of what he is doing inside of us. Which is to care for our world. To be in our world. To not escape from it. But to live in it. With all of its frailty. With all of its weakness. With everything that's in it. We relate. To you. Not we don't judge you. We relate to you. Because we have the same mind as Christ. Who didn't consider equality with God was something to be grasped. But he made himself nothing. He humbled himself. Even to the point of death. Death on a cross. That we are to have that mind. So as we go we need to consider this. Hebrews 10 24 to 25. It says let us consider how. Personally, as community, let's consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Not neglecting each other. Not abandoning this thing called community altogether. As is the habit of some (laughs) who would rather abandon the concept of community. And what that means because they feel that they're right and they've got it all together. And everybody else is inferior to them. But encourage one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. As you know we live in a a time. Which is it's not new. (laughs) But it does feel that it's in our faces all the more. There's so much friction. There's so much tension. There's so much hatred. Ideological wars are happening in our midst. In our faces, we're being completely overwhelmed by that. And it doesn't take long for us to see it. We see it. Our kids see it. We all see this. And the the kind of focus that I want to kind of bring us back to as a communitas is we feel like our community banner is under attack. And they might be able to say, I don't agree with that statement that you have. But they can never argue with who you are in Jesus Christ. They can never destroy the work that God has done in you. They can never take that away from you. They can't take your testimony and throw it in the garbage. Jesus Christ is good, His path and His journey. Was good. His freedom. that The freedom that he gives through the cross. Is good. And he wants you. To carry the communitas forward. And that's good too. Let's pray. Father I thank you for each person that's here. And I hope that as we have. Looked at communitas. And what that means. And what that looks like. That we are inspired once again. To look within ourselves and see the purpose of God in our lives. To look within our own journeys, with our own struggles, with our own feelings of weakness, with our own feelings of inferiority. No matter what stage that we are on, no matter what age that we are at. That we look into our lives and we begin to celebrate within one another this idea that, oh my goodness, I see God all over your life. I see God at work in the communitas. God, we're sorry where we have become obsessive with banners that agree with us, with the banners that we think are right or better, that we have surrounded ourselves with maybe preachers and teachers or philosophies or ideas that we think are way more advanced than something else. An ideology maybe that we feel like is the perfect ideology for our world. And God, we repent because we know that ideology, when it is not based on Christ, when it is not based on and who he is and his journey, on his communitas, is nothing more than idolatry. And we want to surrender that. Sacrifice that. Be thankful for the journey that we are on together. And God, as you plan and prepare for Uptown Community Church and Downtown Community Church, for the kingdom of God as a whole in North America, God, may the stories and testimonies of Communitas come forward. May they be shared. May they be celebrated and not forgotten. May we be able to, to say like the church in Acts, yeah, we've got issues. Sure, we've got things going on. We're weak, we're inferior, but we're celebrating every piece and every part. Nobody is left behind in communitas. I thank you for each person. Maybe there's somebody here who feels like their gifts don't fit within a community or they, they feel like they don't have any gifts at all, God, I just pray to that person, God, I pray that you would just, the breath of God would come into their, their lungs now. And they would begin to sense and, and, and understand that they're not living for the culture of church, a popular church, or like, they're not living for the culture of celebrity church. They're living for you. That they begin to just see what God has been doing within their lives. It doesn't matter if it's perfect, but they begin to see what God has been doing in their lives, and they share, and they give, they love. Pray for joy in this place too. That each person that's here would just be overwhelmed by your your love and your joy. That as we go from this place, that we would recognize that you did not leave us abandoned or alone or on a journey. That you're not supporting anymore. That you are in this with us. That I mean, we go from this place realizing that communitas is possible because you've made it possible for us. And the gifts and the, the, the amazing people that are in this place, God, that you have called each of them for this moment, for this time. And may they just be just overwhelmed with the abundance of your, of your love who you are, what you've sent them to be. Thank you, Lord, for everything. In your great and awesome name, amen, amen.